All right. We promised SBC info. We are we are here to deliver. And again, I say we because it's not just me and the other voices in my head, but I'm sorry. <laughs> You're sorry. Aw. No, nah, yeah, I don't, don't mean that. We have let her out of the kitchen. Yes. She has bought <laughs> the groceries, and yeah. she is here. Why is she here? Cam- Cameron is here because <laughs> she, like me, has no life. Therefore, she was able to sit down. <coughs> Excuse me. She was able to sit down and watch all 97,000 hours of the SPC annual meeting from Anaheim. Yes, it felt that way. <laughs> they only got, like, they started 20 minutes late. Like, yes. if there's anything that should be controllable, it's what time you start the meeting on the first day. They were late then, and then they got later, and later, later and later and later, and they yes. committed the unpardonable Baptist sin. I think they went to lunch like an hour and a half late on Something the first day. Like, it, it, I mean, was, it was pretty late, but, um, but yeah. No, the, the biggest issue is music. Mm. Can we just cut the music? I mean, no, no we're done. We need that, apparently. That's no, necessary. No, we don't. So, okay. Anyway, so we have much to do and less time to do it in, unfortunately. Hi. So, yep. What was that? I never said hi earlier. <laughs> You're too busy being offended, you I millennial wasn't, snowflake. You. I wasn't offended. <laughs> you millennial no, snowflake. No. I wasn't offended. It was just how it all worked out. I was like, well, I never got to say anything. I was just like, hi, Finn. Hi. So okay, here we go. Okay, we have four big things, yeah. and I think I have them in order of the amount of time we need to devote to them to make sense of them. So right. we're going to start. Most. No, no, most, most to least. least. So we're, okay. we're going to try to run downhill here. Gotcha. So the number one big thing was the report from the Sexual Abuse Task Force. Yes. Now, if you have not been following along, you just went, what the, is the what? <laughs> Why is there a Sexual Abuse Task Force? All right. You have to go way back in your mind. You have to go find your mental DeLorean. And go back to 2019 at some point? Somewhere in there, the, yeah. Uh, the Houston yeah. Chronicle. Now, if you're not from Texas, you don't care. But the Houston Chronicle is actually the third largest newspaper in the country. That's because Texas is like the largest state in the country. Yes, but, anyway. but, but that's also because it is pretty much the primary and singular newspaper in Houston, which is the fourth largest city. Gotcha. So yeah. there's the New York Times, mm-hmm. there's the LA Times, and then there's the Houston Chronicle. Oh, okay. It is. I mean, it's it, their reporting is kind of a big deal. Yeah, they did a deep dive back in 2019 and ran through some research and hunted down. And what they were looking for was sexual abuse within Southern Baptist Convention churches. So, in other words, they were basically doing an investigation along the lines of what had been done in Pennsylvania with the Catholic Church mm-hmm. that became a nationwide thing. They did one of those for Southern Baptist Convention churches. What prompted it? I have no idea, nor do I care. Okay, I just, that, that's something I always wonder. It's like, what exactly prompted this? But Stuff. If, I'm sure someone knows the answer. I just don't. Stuff so. okay. prompted it. There you go. Yeah. What they found. Oh, the computer is helping. <laughs> Isn't that nice? So. Excuse me. What they found Mm -hmm. was that in 47,000 Southern Baptist Convention churches from here for from here to foreknown the SBC. Yes. In 47,000 SBC churches, they found 700 victims of sexual abuse. Okay. Some of these are abused children. Some of these are women who have been raped or molested or assaulted in some shape, form, or fashion. Okay. Now that's horrific. Yes. That should never occur to church anywhere. No, it shouldn't. But I'm going to be the bad guy. Okay. Because this is going to be important later because I'm going to be the bad guy again when I say this again. 
All right. In 47,000 churches with on average 15 million members over that time span, they found 700 victims. That's a yeah. lot of victims, but in con- com- in comparison to the number of people you're looking at, that is not a lot of victims. Yeah, statistically speaking, it's it's a very small amount. There's actually a good thing when you look at other groups that meet regularly with lots of people so. like the public school system <coughs> their numbers are much higher much higher per capita so yeah so yeah. now so again i'm not a, justifying it by any oh, stretch no, of the imagination no. but at the end of the day this is not something we need to stop the planet for now that created a little bit of a firestorm in the sbc understandably yes. people yeah. want to know what's going on how does this happen and what can we do about it mm-hmm. so they began looking into this and they decided that they wanted an investigation of the executive committee. That's what we voted on last year. We're having uh-huh. an investigation of the executive committee, a third-party investigation, because there are some accusations and some information coming out that maybe the executive committee, which, by the way, if you have no idea about the SPC, the executive committee is the organization entrusted with doing the stuff that the convention agreed to when it meets once a year for two days. So they agree, make determinations, make rules. It's the executive committee's job to carry those rules and decrees out throughout Mm -hmm. the rest of the year. They are the de facto SBC when the meeting is not in session. Yeah. So there was some concern about the executive committee, and so they were investigated. (sighs) That investigation was handled by a company called Guidepost Solutions. Now, they've got their own issues – I'm not going to get into it. It's a secular company. I'm not yeah. some secular companies acting like secular companies. Oh, big shock, right? Exactly. So not going to deal with a lot of the fallout from that. Would I trust all of their recommendations out of hand? No, simply no. because they are a secular institution. Yes, everything needs to be brought underneath the, the scope of biblical um, wisdom, so, biblical wisdom. They so, yeah, did no. a deep dive into a similar 20-year period. Uh-huh. And the – it might have been a 10-year period. I'm not entirely sure. I think it was 20 from 2000 to I 2020. So. Yeah, they stopped at 2020. So, so the guidepost report – and you can go, by the way, you can go online and read this. Yes. The Sexual Abuse Task Force is who hired guideposts, and then the Sexual Abuse Task Force made recommendations based on the report that guidepost gave them. Okay? Okay. So the Sexual Abuse Task Force is the group of people appointed by President SBC President Ed Litton to hire Guidepost and to do the work. Yeah. So Guidepost Report, you can read it. If you go if you Google search Guidepost uh, abuse report or something like that, you will find the SATF's website and you will be able to read it. They came up with a two hundred and eighty eight page report. I think they found four hundred instances of abuse or uh, sexual mistreatment in SBC churches. Once again, in 47,000 churches with over 13 million members, they found 400 incidences. Now, my complaint with this is they basically found public record. Uh, Yes, yes. And the amount of money they spent to look up something that's free is what they found. I mean... Now, if now if it you wasn't want, just pocket change, the rundown is we have to root out abusers in the SBC, in which I have no problem with rooting out abusers mm-hmm. in the SBC. That doesn't bother me in the least. My complaint comes in that there's two, because yeah. most of the public record things that they found are because there were police investigations, and either the person was there was enough evidence they were arrested, tried, and convicted, uh-huh. or the police didn't have enough evidence and the person was not arrested or tried because there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute. Exactly. Now I'm okay with that. I may not like it, but 
in this country, I kind of have to be okay with that. Is yeah, it's it's better than just free willy nilly running around hollering at people. They said you did this, and they said you didn't, and we just throwing names and now we're just slandering everybody and it's, which i'm afraid well, don't give them we're gonna get to that hold on yeah. we're gonna get to that so in the midst of that i think they found seven people who had been convicted of abuse mm-hmm. who were still on staff at churches five are on staff at churches that are either non-denominational or independent fundamentalist baptist yeah so they're two, not even southern Baptist. two are still on sbc staffs now i don't know what the details to that are i don't know what the thought process behind that is to be perfectly frankly honest with you I don't care because one of the things that's odd about the SBC is we're not a denomination. We are a convention, which means the SBC's only determination about me is fellowship. And all this fellowship means is I can't vote at the meeting and they don't take my money anymore. Yeah. That's what fellowship means. That means when you actually stop and look at all the stuff that's going on, that's the only thing is they can say, no, we don't want your money anymore. Or, and no, you can't vote. Beyond that, there's no hurt in not being part of the Southern Baptist Convention. So this so. The, this is the great problem that has been uncovered. This is the great issue that has been unlocked. So from that report comes two main recommendations. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Number one, they want to create another task force. <laughs> And the reason what, they have, what well, Baptist they, Church well, doesn't want to make Baptist another we, another committee. Yeah, we went in doubt form a task force slash committee. Same thing. Well, what the, okay. this would make sense though because mm-hmm. the the SATF, the Sexual Abuse Task Force, doesn't have any authority to no. do anything about the guidepost recommendations. Now, guidepost made a series of recommendations. Yes, they did. It was a, like seven or eight, something like six, seven, but eight, the, something a, like but that. But the SATF can't implement any of them. No. So the SATF is recommending that you form a committee that can implement these things or can at least figure out if they are implementable so the sexual abuse task force looked at the guidepost report made their own invest made their own recommendations and one of their recommendations is you need to form a committee that will look at all of the guidepost recommendations and see how many are feasible and see what we can do yeah get the logistics of each one because you have to worked out because we're not a denomination and because we are a convention you do have logistics yes to figure out how things can be worded because even guidepost had to make adjustments in their recommendations and the satf made initial recommendations and then had to make adjustments to their recommendations in keeping with the understanding that you can't dictate to the churches and so you have to actually function within the uh, within the agencies and organizations that you can dictate to yes exactly yeah very wordy, but yes. for a reason. I mean, the we want to not just do whatever. The second recommendation is they want a list. Yes. And the reason they're making the recommendation for the list is apparently the one of the people on the executive committee and the lawyers for the executive committee had a list. Yes, exactly. Yes. They basically had a list similar to what Guidepost Solutions found. What they had heard about. People that had had accusations made to them, they kept the list and kept up with it to see what the outcomes were and what needed to be done, if anything needed to be done. They didn't do anything with their list because at the end of the day, the lawyers determined we can't tell a church what what it can and cannot do. Therefore, the list was just for our protection and our record keeping, not for the convention or for even the churches. 
Yes. And everybody I, on that list, I believe, was actually convicted and done. It I'm was not entirely no, certain. I think there were just some that were accused. Accused. Okay, gotcha. Which is one of the other reasons why the list was not made public. If there's just enough accusation, but you're not doing an investigation, now you're open to slander and libel laws. Yeah. And, they're trying to, and the lawyers were smartly trying to protect themselves from that. Yes. So that's the first thing. What the SATF wants, based on guidepost recommendations, is they want a list for two categories – convicted which mm-hmm. i have no problems with oh well it's already public knowledge agreed but yeah so okay you're going to compile it into an easy to find source for and churches, incredibly okay? accused and now this is where this, be- this becomes slippery because if yes, you are credibly accused according to this standard what that means is the preponderance of the evidence makes it more than likely that you are guilty yes I think it's the A team where the line comes from. I'm, I'm, I'm smelling an awful lot of if coming off this plane. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Just the sheer fact that it sounds good and the 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 details are right. Therefore, I think you are. So therefore, you are credibly accused. Even if there's nothing to confirm it. <laughs> You can still be classified as credibly accused. So and that's a problem. That is a problem. I am – look, full disclosure, I'm a sunlight person. When in doubt, open the curtains, turn on every light. I want to see everything that's going on. That's going to yeah. become important when we get to some of our later issues. Yeah. But I'm also a justice person. Yeah. Make it right. Do it There's right. There's a reason why the biblical standard is two or three witnesses. Yes. Because you have to be certain. Before you literally go about the business of destroying people and their existence. Yeah. You don't do that because we think it's more than likely than not that you did something wrong. That's an awfully wishy-washy standard. It is. And it's also something that's going to open up the person doing that determination to a lot of liability because Uh you're not a court. You're not. You're not the police. So if I And you're not God. Exactly. And the person who has to make that determination – if they are wrong, then and you do get the courts involved. Now you've got the that task force is now being shown as slanderous if they are proven that they are wrong through a court. So it it's not the best way to do things. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry. I heard his explanation for two or three witnesses. His explanation was. It's bad. Very bad. It was simply not that two or three people saw this and can therefore confirm that this actually did happen, therefore it's credible. No, it's two or three people asked questions and they all got the same answers. Therefore, those two or three count. Like, no, no, no. That's not what that means by two or three witnesses. To your point, there's one of the cases in the guidepost report Uh where they agree that someone is credibly accused. Uh-huh. And they point to that, that there are multiple witnesses. And the woman made a report. Uh-huh. And what they counted as multiple witnesses were they interviewed two people who she who um, she claims she reported the abuse to. And <sighs> both of those people said that they believed her testimony. That's now counted as multiple witnesses to the abuse. But you can have the same is, on the other side the, believing but that, but his that's, testimony. But that's irrelevant. That's not multiple witnesses no, it's to the not. abuse. No, it's that's not. one, one witness, witness with two other people saying they, they believe agree. that witness is 
credible. credible. Yeah. So all you're saying is we believe – what you're basically saying is we believe her over him in this instance. Yeah. Because that's happened. He has since come out and said, well, I have witnesses that agree with my testimony. There you go. This is where we're making so – We mm-hmm. have decided that he is credibly accused based on the he said, she said determination. That's yeah. not a biblical standard. No, it's not. That's not, that's a not legal even a standard. Yeah, I guess it's not even legal. <laughs> that might be a civil standard. But may, basing your biblical determinations off of civil standards is the height of surrendering to the culture and brokenness. Now, well, hey, even hey, then, civil standard, we're still going, he said, she said, agreed. and you throw emotions in there, and now, we can't trust it. Let's bridge this to our next issue, next big thing. Okay. One of the big concerns, excuse me, one of the big concerns coming out of this was. What is this going to cost? Because now, what is the this? The, what is T H I S? What oh, is the abuse this? and reform? It's like the R I A R I T F or A I T F. Anyway, the group that the S A T F, the Sexual Abuse Task Force, is recommending we create that we voted to create. Uh-huh. They are. They need to be funded. They have to be able to do investigations and contact people. They need funding. And talk to lawyers and pay them. The to list do, was okay, approved. Gotcha. The list was approved, so that's going to cost money. Okay. And I want to say the initial startup was three or four million dollars, which just boggles my brain. But yeah. Anyway, just boggles my brain. So the, one of the recommendations was that this money needed to be pulled from cooperative program funding. Mm-hmm. Now I've long had numerous problems with the cooperative program, which and, and let me run those down real fast. Yes. Go ahead. We are told, well. A lot of SBC church members are lied to. Yes, they are. And they're they are. told that your money that we give through the cooperative program goes to missions. Yes. What you're not told is that the vast majority of that money never goes anywhere near missions. Yeah. So you're told that you know, you're giving money to missions. Well, if you give a dollar, and that dollar – I'm going to use our state as an example. Okay. We're in Illinois. Okay. Every dollar you give – the, st- the cooperative program giving is funneled through the state conventions. Most large states and all the legacy states have at least one state convention. Texas and Virginia each have two. Mm, yes. Now, some of what the SBC calls frontier states in the United States have multiple states with one convention. So, no, like, the, the like Northwest. Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, I think, are one, one yes. state convention. Yeah, it might just can. be Washington, Oregon, but I'm not certain. Yeah. So, like, but Illinois, we have the IBSA, the Illinois Baptist State Association. That is our state convention. So you take that dollar, <clears throat> you take that dollar, you send it to the IBSA. The IBSA takes fifty-six cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forty-four cents then gets forwarded to the executive committee. Yes. The executive committee then divides your forty-four cents up according to the cooperative program allocation budget. Mm-hmm. Currently, that allocation budget is fifty point five percent of that money goes to the IMB. Yes. So out of your forty-four cents, like twenty-two and a half cents, go to the IMB. Yeah. And then twenty-five percent goes to NAM, and then the seminaries get to divide some up. The ERLC gets some. Uh, the uh, that little nickel gets broken up a lot of ways. Yeah. So when you give a dollar, else. in a nutshell, when you give a dollar in Illinois, forty-four percent makes it forty-four cents makes it out of Illinois, mm-hmm. and of those forty-four cents, thirty cents went to missions. So of your giving, yes. of your giving that you were told goes to missions, 30% of your offering goes to missions. And it hasn't been divided yet amongst administration and then missionaries once it yes. gets to IMB. So even then, that 30 pennies gets broken up even more if, if before was, it goes to If this was a missions, charity rating, they would it would have be a very, very poor. Yes, Very, very poor. Yeah. So I point that out because that recommendation was pulled. 
uh-huh. to take money from the cooperative program to fund all of this. The reason that recommendation was pulled is because the North American Mission Board said, well, our Send Relief initiative – Send Relief is basically the North American Mission Board's version of what the state conventions have with the, with the Baptist men mm-hmm. and things like um, Samaritan's Purse Disaster Relief Ministry and things like that. Yes. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So Send Relief is a ministry in, the, in that vein. Like a lot of ministries, they set aside money. They have an operating budget. They're taking donations. Well, Send Relief said rather than pull from the cooperative program, we have budgetary surplus that we keep, and I don't fault them for that. They flat out said well, here's $4 million that we have an undesignated surplus that we can use to fund this outright. <laughs> okay, I don't fault an organization for having an operational budget yeah, surplus, Yeah. Four million dollars in undesignated receipts that you stuck in a send relief surplus. Good lord, that's a lot of money. Yeah, you can. I'm just channeling pull it my out. Chris Rock from um, In Living Color. Good <laughs> lord, that's a lot of money. Yes, they they just opened up the checkbook and went. Eh, we'll just cut you four million. Don't worry about it. Now, Must be nice. How much are they actually still sitting on? I Where have no did idea. that come from? That's... And aren't they non? Profit, which well, means you can't have but a certain amount before you start getting a lot of questions asked. Well, no, you can. You can have operational reserves. Yeah. That's okay. not a problem. Uh-huh. I, but that I, much? Well, again, that's not. And that's nowhere reported in their in their little quote-unquote budget that they give, their little four-line budget that they give for the the convention to look over that says anywhere that we have a – surplus of undesignated funds just in case rainy day funds of four plus million dollars there's there's nothing there you're not seeing anything so how can someone who's supposed to be funding churches and missionaries be able to just cut a four million dollar check that's a lot of churches that's a lot of missionaries that they're just sitting on this money i don't know and nobody's asking those questions this this is where our second (laughs) issue comes in and this is where this becomes fun i'm going to read off for you all the line items on the north american mission board budget as it was presented in the book of reports by the executive committee yeah all right there this is all expected and projected for this year okay Okay, got, not, not last year's. Yeah, I'm going to look at this year's. We're looking at coming up. Okay. So they're anticipating just under $45 million in cooperative program income, just under $61 million in Annie Armstrong income. That's the Easter offering. $5.5 million in unrestricted gifts. $9.9 million in investments and interest. That's money sitting in the bank, endowments and things like that. Okay. And $1.7 million in other I wish other would cut me a check. So <laughs> they're anticipating 120, just oh, just under 123 million dollars in total budgeted income for next year. That's how much they're for expecting to receive from those five. Here's lines. their here's their operational budget. You ready? Okay. Sixty-one point seven million dollars to church planting, eighteen point seven million dollars to evangelism and relief, ten point eight million dollars for mission mission education and opportunities. million in sending and leadership, and $22.4 million in administration. And that adds up to the exact amount that they've expected in income. Okay. That's the entirety of the budget. 
That's it. You can sum up just under $123 million in one, two, three, four, five line items. I say five line items. We have like 35 line items say, for our $75,000 church budget. They have a $123 million budget on five line items. Yeah, it's like, and none of those, by the way, includes surplus or savings or, or yeah, or wherever this mysterious money comes from. This surplus. Now, yeah. I'm not saying they've done anything wrong, but there's a lot of room for a lot of gray areas that could be done wrong. Now, they they're leaving the door open for a lot of stuff. When you combine that uh-huh. with a lot of questions about the properties that Nam has been buying in the last few years, especially pro- like okay. We live just outside of the Sen City Initiative. Yes, we do. So Nam redid this a few years ago. Once upon a time, Nam primarily functioned by operating through state and local associations. Yes. So to give you a heads up, if you are unfamiliar with SBC hierarchy, is not the right word, but it's the closest thing I can come up with. We are a local church, so we are (laughs) sitting in a room in Calvary Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. No one outside of Calvary Baptist Church can tell us what to do. No. They can tell us we we don't want to cooperate with you anymore, but they cannot tell us what to do. Yes, exactly. We are a member of the North Central Baptist Association, Mm -hmm. which is a group of churches, a group of SBC churches in and around the Rockford area. Yeah. The NCBA, the North Central Baptist Association, is a part of the IBSA, the Illinois Baptist State Association. There are... 50 state uh, local associations that make up the IBSA? I think so. I don't know exactly what the number is, but somewhere in that ballpark. exactly, but yeah. And then the state associations combine to make up the SBC. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's like a pyramid. Yeah. NAM used to operate by helping fund local associations and state associations. Yeah. So which that, is always funny to me. So we give our money through these agencies to get a quarter of it to NAM so that NAM can then turn around and give it give back. It back. <laughs> this sounds like a federal subsidy at work here. Well, a few years ago, and by a few, I this 10, 10, 12 years uh, ago? Yes, because the SEND initiative just started because I got a picture of our son. He was playing with the train, and our daughter's nine now, and she was six months old, and we were in Dallas. No, that wasn't Dallas. That was the, um, that would have been uh, Houston. Yes, you're right. That right. That was Houston. And yeah, that was in Houston. And they had the train going back and forth because the Sin Cities was yeah, brand new, new things. So it's yeah, been about I think ten years, so ten plus almost years right back. At ten years. The so. Send Initiative started carving up the country mm-hmm. into these large metropolitan areas. Yeah. And the goal was that, that Nam was going to take all of its funding and resources and just shove it into putting church planners in those air quotes send cities yes so like so new york city is a send city yes. chicago is a send city Philadelphia. And, by, and by chicago they mean like chicago, chicago and the suburbs yes so like i said we are literally we are what are we 90 miles out of the center uh, city center of chicago are we even that far I think so. Yeah, I think we're I think we're between 70 75 and 90 miles from the city there. city center of Chicago. Rockford is just barely outside of the circle. Yeah. of the Send initiative. So like Schaumburg, if you're familiar with this area, Schaumburg, Hoffman Estates, that area would Aurora, be counted yeah. as part of going all the way down to Juliet. Aurora, Joliet, mm-hmm. uh, Kankakee, you're talking about all the way south of where the indiana state line would be is counted as air quotes chicago what lake is that out there michigan yeah basically the whole border of the western border of lake erie and out michigan michigan why did i say erie i have no idea <laughs> i don't know either anyway, so anyway but yeah but yeah so that is it's a, a big 
area. So that would be – that's what they have been funding towards. Yes. Now, the complaint with that – well, uh, let me say, the, the non-complaint with that would be if you told me that one of the things Nam was doing was knowing they were going to have church planters in these various neighborhoods, that Nam was going out of its way to buy condos or buy uh-huh. homes in some of these places so that as church planters went into the area – They have a place to live. There's there's housing. There's yes. – there's, I don't have an issue with that. No, because they are missionaries, which means they don't have their own homes, and they can't have one because they're going to be coming and going to wherever they're being led. Nam's buying houses in nonsense cities. Yes, yes. And they're spending above market value to ensure that they get these houses. Yes. Now, I don't know why. I don't either. I don't know what they're doing with them. A lot of people would like an explanation, though, of what's going on, and Nam is fighting with that tooth and nail. They are trying – and again, part of the complaint is I just read you their budget. Yeah. That budget leaves a lot of questions, and Nam is not interested. And by the way, the IMB is not interested. None of the six seminaries are interested. Nobody Um, wants to give you more than five line items. Nobody is interested in giving you a better breakdown of where the money gets spent. Unless you're willing to drive to 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 that place and sign a non-disclosure agreement and get someone from their trustee committee Mm -hmm. to give it to you so you can see it, but you can't have a copy. Agreed. You can only see it. Now, this becomes the issue. Now, secondarily, the reason why I've always had an issue with the Send City Initiative is this is what local churches are supposed to be doing. Yes, that's is true. Is evangelizing friends and neighbors in the whole nine yards. Yes. Now, the second part of this is one of the changes that was made to NAM this year was for NAM to begin operating with college ministries. Now, on the surface, that seems like okay. a nondescript thing. You're already in these major cities, so the colleges in those cities But a sense. lot of these college ministries are funded directly by state, state. conventions and associations. Yeah, the local which, people. Which means NAM is basically trying to come in and override the work that is being done by the state. Yeah, there's already folks. work being done yes. there. So why would Nam want to Rather come in and start fund again? It, they want to come in and take it over. That's what it sounds like. This yes. is which is what they did with church planting. Rather uh-huh. than fund the associations in the states to do church planting, Nam just took it over and sent it indirectly. Yeah. So this is that's a lot of question marks for people. It now, is. if you move from that now, again, I don't have any good answers for you. I'm just telling mm. you what some of the problems are. So that's number two. Number three number is three. the ERLC, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which, full disclosure, shouldn't exist. I agree. I don't want to see Southern Baptist money going to lobbying, lobbying offices in Washington. I don't want to see it. I don't care. Don't argue. Don't give me this. They do good work. I don't care. It's, it's a waste of money. You are attempting to change the culture from the wrong direction. But yeah. Now, I'm not alone on that, but I am in the minority. Uh, yes, because that, that was true. one of the questions: was how do we, how do we get them to fund it? And, of, and that vote was the vote to, to abolish the ERLC was voted down handily. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. One of the other questions, though, and one of the reasons why the minority that I'm a part of is growing is not for the reasons I want. Like I foundationally have a problem with the existence of the ERLC. Other people have a problem with the ERLC because of what they're doing. So things like thing, Louisiana had an anti-abortion bill. Mm-hmm. That was trying to model itself after the Texas and Oklahoma bills that have been signed, basically outlawing abortion, yeah, and criminalizing it, yes. criminalizing the doctors who perform it and the women who have them. Mm-hmm. The ERLC signed on to a letter to oppose that legislation yeah. because they don't want any thought of criminalization towards women who have abortions. They're, they they view carte blanche women as victims. Now look, are there times when women are victims in abortion? Yes. yes. Is that the majority? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Uh, statistically, when you read why women get them, 
And for the cases in which they get them, when you actually Probably read not. it, it's like less than 1% is Probably actually... Not. Because a, the vast majority of abortions are actually not had by poor people who have been tricked into them. They're had by suburban wealthy women who don't want to deal with this problem. Yes. But that's a different discussion for another day. Exactly. We'll come back to that one later. <laughs> so, like, one guy got up to speak, and he's running for office in Idaho. Uh-huh. And he's like, we're trying to ban abortion in our town, in our state. It was Colorado, actually. Was it Colorado? Yeah, one it's of one of those bad western ones. And his exact words were, hey... Don't come help. Seriously, uh, yeah. stay away and leave us alone. Let me do my work. And he's just like, dude, okay. Yeah. Can we That's where a lot of people are. Now, again, why? Because the problem we have is it's a 20, 30-minute presentation for this entity. There's a minimalistic budget that's presented. And when you ask a question, you barely get a straight answer. And you get or the people who are asking the questions are asking questions very poorly so as to not get a straight answer because they're not asking a straight question or they're asking the wrong straight question. Like the guy should have asked – one of the guys got up to ask, what he wants to know is why are you basically not supporting the abolition movement in Louisiana? Mm-hmm. But he asked, if a woman has an abortion, what law of God do they violate? Well, that allows the guy to get up and say, thou shalt not kill. Yeah, but that doesn't – But that doesn't yeah, answer the question you so, want answered, yeah. and you're not going to get a follow-up question. No. So you need to get up to go, Why, what was your rationale for signing off on this letter against this legislation? But people don't think in worldviews, and that includes pastors who are asking questions. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Too often, nothing gets done, which l- raises a lot of questions about the accountability that's going on within the convention. That or is Or maybe true. I should say the, the lack, lack thereof of. of accountability that's going on in the convention. That becomes the issue. Yeah. And, and that leads us to our final one. Okay. Oh, did you have something else on that? Well, well, just the, the, the accountability issue is sometimes I wonder if people are so fed up that they can't get answers and they haven't been getting answers for years. Well, they're angry. That they're coming up there with the mindset of... I want you to know how angry I am about I this. But that and doesn't help. Can't, they can't – they have no other outlet, really, of telling them that yes, we are upset with you in their minds because that's the only time they get to speak to them directly with other people listening to see. And that's the problem. And, is yeah. They won't – So, yeah. I mean, that's – I do get with the whole accountability thing and people, they, they want it. But I don't, I think they're just the emotional aspect of for years we're just frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so trying to, trying to get, the, get a question asked, when once you get an answer, they really don't know what to do. It really seems that way. So I agree, and that's part of the problem that's going on. Well, and that question of accountability leads to the next problem. Okay. And that's Saddleback. Yeah. Now, Saddleback Church is, if you don't have any idea, it's a Southern California church pastored by Rick Warren. So it's the purpose-driven church. Yeah. Purpose-driven life, (laughs) purpose-driven church, purpose-driven youth ministry, purpose-driven outreach. It is the king of the seeker-sensitive churches in the SBC. Yeah. And most people probably didn't even know that Saddleback and Rick Warren were SBC. <laughs> That's true. But again, true. what are the requirements? Don't do anything against the Baptist faith and message so that we can throw so we won't take your money and give money. Now, Saddleback was made a motion to have them disfellowshipped last year. Yeah. And the reason being is they flat out ordained three women to pastoral ministry. Now, yes. I don't care where you stand on this. Mm-mm. The Southern Baptist Convention has codified in the Baptist Faith and Message, as much as they're willing to codify anything, yeah. that 1 Timothy 3 and Titus are in effect. 
and that the office of pastor is reserved for men as scripture has proclaimed. Yes. You can dis- you can dislike that all you want. Go start another denomination. That's where I'm at. Yeah. If you don't like this denomination, go to a different one Fine. that you do like. Yeah. That's been my stance on everything for forever. Yeah. So the problem with that's the problem. Yeah. The credentials committee, who's charged with making mm-hmm. recommendations after investigating these matters, comes back and said, there's agreement across the SBC that the office of lead or senior pastor is reserved for men. Yeah. But there is great question on how the word pastor is used in other functions in the church. Is it title or position? So we want to form a committee, because we got to form a committee for everything. <laughs> To study the use of the term pastor in the SBC. Now, I understand what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is twofold. They're trying to kick the can down the road and pass the buck. So that That's they one. don't, so have, they to don't have to do it. anything. <laughs> and two, they are trying to narrow the stream and understand what do, what do we mean when we say the word pastor. Yeah. Multiple people got up and said, <clears throat> we know what a pastor is. Just because a church is using the word pastor wrongly, the, the, the word pastor was chosen in the Baptist faith of message not because it's a biblical term for elder, bishop, or overseer, but because it is the commonly understood term for elder, bishop, and overseer as used in Scripture. And Southern Baptist Americans don't use those terms. They use pastor. pastor. Yeah. So if you're functioning as an elder or an overseer in your church, you are functioning as Mm -hmm. a pastor. Pastor. That's the word we should use. That's why you saw a lot of churches move away from youth minister to youth pastor. pastor you're you're on staff you are ordained you are functioning as an elder in the church yes. if anything churches should actually be more leery of who they're putting in leadership not less exactly so the solution to all of this would be to go we know what a pastor is we know how it's supposed to be used we know what the office means it doesn't just mean the singular head of a church because if you're going to be perfectly honest with you the uh, the single pastor model is the most unbiblical model that we have. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the solution should be Saddleback should be disfellowship, not because they're bad people, although I would argue that they probably are because they, I think seeker sensitivity is of the devil, but but because they have walked away from the cooperative document. They have uh-huh. clearly violated the bare minimum. And I've said this for years, that the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is the Southern Baptist Convention's version of mere Christianity. Yes, it is. It's the lowest possible bar we can set to make it as easy as possible for as much money as possible to come in through this. Yeah, So that we is. can, air quotes, yeah. fund missions. Exactly. So <laughs> Big air quotes there. This all comes to fruition, and they let Rick Warren speak for like five minutes uninterrupted. Where, where you're not supposed to have it three minutes at the mic, where that's it. Where Rick Warren basically told you how awesome Rick Warren was. Yes, he did. And he, I don't know why he's in the, a member of SBC. I mean, he's according to him, he spent more than a hundred, more than a million qualified mini, missionaries out of his church. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, if you can make oh, sense, if you can make sense it, of that, was, I have no idea. So, it was so so. It, odds are anybody the, who likes how he did that, it it was just bad. Odds that are the credentials committee is going to have to make a recommendation next year that Saddleback be di- be disfellowshipped. Yeah. If although Rick Warren's retiring this year, and odds are when he is replaced, which he's already being replaced by the husband and wife pastoring team. Exactly. Which, anyway, how do you? Anyway. Yeah. When he's replaced, more than likely, they'll just simply withdraw from the SBC before next year's meeting and save everybody the trouble. And that's that would okay. be nice. That's not, that's not good, bad, or ugly. That's yeah. just okay. 
that that so, would be very nice. But at the same time, it just depends on how much drama do they want to have, how how much they want to be involved in it. They don't care. They're don't gonna so they're gonna run their own little empire and have mm-hmm. it set up. And, and you know what? God bless them. And for the most part, they have. I know. I don't know anything that Rick Warren or Saddleback has done in the SBC other than those purpose driven stuff that probably, gets published. Well, and probably cut some large checks you don't know about. Probably. It, so it means if I don't know about it and I'm just an everyday person going to church, then nobody who does know cares. They're just they're just another no name church that just happens to write books. That's the end of my list. That's an ugly list. That's basically your mini recap and rundown of the big things that happen. Now you'll notice one th- one thing we didn't do. Okay. We didn't solve any of these problems. Uh, no. I can't. I can't. Uh, well, one I could. This now just th- make them give me yeah, a, well. a budget, but beyond this, that. Mm-mm. But these are the issues and the things that have been percolating in the convention for really ten years, but high scale the last four or five. Yeah, they really, really more and more up. people have been pushing on. These them. are the things that are going to have to be figured out as missions offerings are given. As church budgets are drawn up, I mean, this is the, we're going to take all of these things in consideration when we determine what our missions giving as a church is, yeah. and these are the things that have to be considered because, well, we would expect the the reason why the budgets bother me is because you would expect the SBC to be clear and above reproach in how they're spending their money and to be good stewards, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they are or not, and they're yeah. not willing to tell me, but that means we have to be good stewards of the money that we have. And not just willy-nilly and blindly send it along to whoever does whatever with it. Because yeah. we don't know where it goes either. Exactly. And exactly. so this becomes this becomes the foundation that we then build up on in order to figure out what are we doing, how are we associating, and what does that look like moving forward. And I don't know what all the answers are. Yeah. I've got some recommendations. I've got some things that I think would be good. But ultimately, churches are going to have to decide yeah. what they think is best and oh. what they think is good and how they think it needs to work. Yeah. And that's not going to be a fun process. Yeah. 49,000, 47,000 Something churches. like that with 13 plus million members. So that's that's a lot of individual churches that little by little, one by one, can can make a big difference if they all depend on how they look at this, how they see this, and how it is they view things happening and And that's what's going to have to be determined and figured out so yeah (sighs) what do i hope for i see i don't i don't i don't hope for anything you know what there's two there's two things that i hope for one i hope for transparency will be overcome that they will eventually get tired of people asking for these budgets that don't count on it and they'll just be like you know what we're not doing anything wrong here have them all look at them and see and prove it there's a reason they haven't done that yet i i I said i'm hoping for the other thing that i'm hoping for is that people talk with their money and that unless they're going to start listening to the a few people who are fussing and keep pushing this issue until enough people push it that they have no choice but to listen because suddenly they're going to be closing. Don't be surprised if that doesn't happen either. And, and I won't. I mean, either. I mean, both ends are one is we're just going to stop giving and make y'all live off what you've been sitting on for all these years and realize, no, we mean it. We want to see what's going on before we give you another dime. Or 
they're just going to willingly give it up, realizing that. But I know it's not going to happen. That's why I said hope. And that's why I said but we're, we're going to— It's going to be is, interesting. This is the stuff that has been percolating and why I've said I won't be surprised. I said this four years ago after Dallas uh-huh. that I won't be surprised if in the next five-plus years a lot of churches that are SBC aren't. Yeah. And you're starting to see this because I don't want to fund a website. No. For credibly accused. I don't want to fund investigations and witch hunts. I don't want to fund shady real estate deals. And if that's what this is going to become, then I'm out. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of other people are out as well. This is a tyranny from the world and, a, and an unwillingness to say. Because once again, we got to hear the, the word of the week, which was the word of last week, which was <laughs> the, the world, world is, is watching. watching. And I don't care. Yeah. They I don't care what they watch think. What God does. I don't care what they see. Yeah. We should care whether or not God is watching and that it is honoring and pleasing in his sight. And if the world likes it, that should be a really big red flag. It isn't to too many people, and that's Um, part of the problem. So there you go. There's a rundown of some of the things that happened. If you would like, you can download the Acts 2 app yes. um, on your phone or television system. I mean, we, we pulled it up on Roku. And the, the entire meeting is up there. Yeah. You can five fast- hours. Uh, it's longer than that. Well, one session is five you hours. Can, owns ten. <laughs> you can fast forward the stuff you don't want to hear. You can download the program and hunt down what's going on. You and can you, read the book you of reports. You can watch it all yourself. Yeah. That's what I did. I downloaded the book of reports. I downloaded all the budget information. It's sitting on my tablet. And that's what I can pull it up and look at it mm-hmm. while we go through this. You can see the daily bulletins and the rundowns of the things that happen. And you can watch it and cringe. And you can be encouraged at some things. And you can yeah. be discouraged by a lot of things. But And I encourage you to do that. If you're that interested, sit down and watch through it again. And see if we were fair. I think we tried to be fair, but as with everything, we have some bias too. Yeah, we do. And try to, I try to be honest about it up front, but, you know, it, that sometimes just is what it is. So yeah. that's everything that we can figure out that's going on. That's some of the stuff we're going to be using to make determinations in our church, and you're going to have to make determinations likewise. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.